You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. Good morning, everybody. My name is Steve. I have the privilege of leading the eldership team here at Westside. And um, if you are, if this is your first time here, or you haven't, you know, you don't know a lot of guys here. A very warm welcome to you. Appreciate you guys being here. I see a lot of longtime friends and some sons and some dads and and uh, all everybody in between. So it's great to to see you guys. Uh, I have the privilege of introducing a very good friend of mine. Russ and I have been. Uh, friends for about 38 years, and uh, give or take a few uh, months, and uh, so uh, we've served in ministry. We were uh, young at once, elders together in a church uh, in Southern California on eldership uh, there, and uh, you might remember earlier this year when Kevin Booth came up to uh, speak to the guys here, uh, Russ and Kevin and I were on, all on eldership together. A long time ago. And so we've served uh, the Lord together. Russ and I have traveled around the world together, uh, have, have ministered together in, in many continents around the world and countries. Uh, Russ uh, is, uh, is, a, is a great guy. He's an American, but he was, he's uh, lived internationally quite a bit. He and his wife, Mary, in 1992, they went to Australia and planted a church. Uh, it's a thriving church today. He turned it over to his son, Matt, a few years ago. Uh, Russ is a man who lives what he preaches. Uh, he's the real deal, and so he really loves God. He's sold out for God, and he's a man who lives by faith and trusts God uh, every step of the way. So come on up, Russ. Yeah, you got to go. I got to go up here, huh? Father, we pray for Russ. pray that you'd anoint his words, and we pray that we would hear as if we're hearing from you this morning, God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know it's really hard when you look at me to think that we've been friends that long, 38 years. I know that that's tough. I did. Okay, I'm going to preach to Mark today. If you have a Bible, I'm going to preach on uh, age. No. Ephesians. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 5 couple of scriptures. I'm actually going to read, we're going to go somewhere else, but I just want to start here. Ephesians 5, verse 16, starting in 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. We don't want to be fools. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many realize that even though Paul wrote this a couple thousand years ago, they're more evil today. <laughs> the days. Chapter uh, 6, verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now if you look at those two scriptures as bookends, in between them is exhortation about marriage, family, and business. I want you to understand that in evil days, there's an attack of the enemy on marriage, family, and business. How many of you know that there's an attack on marriage? See, I say that, and your first thought is the institution of marriage is under attack. And I want to tell you, it's not the institution of marriage only, it's your marriage. See, a godly-centered marriage is a threat to the enemy. 
Right. A God-centered family is a threat to the enemy. Right. A God-centered business is a threat to the enemy. Amen. And so the enemy's attacking that. Turn with me to Nehemiah. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. <clears throat> I want to read from uh, chapter 4. I want you to understand we're in a battle. In these evil days, we're in a battle. This is probably the most excited I've been for a meeting to see you guys here. I think this is probably the most important gathering of the church. And you'll understand when I get to the end why I believe that. But I'm actually thrilled to see so many men who are here. Because I think you're the key to what God's doing in these days. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. So it happened when Sanbel had heard that we were rebuilding the wall, <coughs> he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Sanballat being the, the devil, you're rebuilding the wall, the kingdom. You're establishing something of God's order here, and the devil doesn't like it. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, See what those feeble Jews are doing. Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Part of what you're doing as a church is seeing people's lives change. And the devil hates that. He wants burnt stones that aren't being knit together. Peter says that we as living stones are being joined together to what? A dwelling place of God. He wants us scattered and separated because then there's no place for God to dwell. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. It's just derision. How many of you ever feel like what you do doesn't really matter? Doesn't have an impact. I want you to know that's just a lie of the enemy. That's right, that's right. Says, so Nehemiah's response is, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn the reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. He didn't just complain, he started to pray. Do not cover their iniquity. Do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they provoke you to anger before. So we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half the height, for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. You guys have established something of the kingdom of God in this place, in this church, in your homes, and that devil's angry. And you need to be aware of that. And all of them conspired together to come and attack us and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there's so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary says, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near came that they 
told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Again, discouraged. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall, at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Don't be afraid. See the awesomeness of God. But he doesn't stop there. He didn't just say, don't be afraid, remember God. He says, and fight for your brethren, your sons and daughters, your wives and your houses. If you think about that, it seems to me the order is kind of backwards. You're going to fight for one another. Why? Because the devil knows that there is a strength in unity. The devil knows there's something of us supporting one another. We can't do this alone. How many of you know that one of the uh, strategies of the devil is to get us separated and isolated? How many of you, as men, something goes wrong, the first thing we do is pull back? I do it. I know you do. You guys are saying, no, no, not me. But you do. You kind of pull back, and there's something in us that says, I can take care of this. I can do it. I was talking with a guy this morning. Randy was telling me that for 25 years, he had pulled back. See, that's the ploy of the devil. Because there's something when we fight. So the very first thing we're commanded to fight for is fight for one another. Because something of this has an incredible impact. And then we fight for our sons and daughters, the future, the next generation, the advancement of the kingdom. We're only one generation from the, the Christianity ceasing to exist on the face of the planet. And so there's something of us as men that we're called to fight for one another, to fight for our sons and daughters, to fight for our wives. There's something about unity, not only of us, but the number one team is husband and wife. You have an incredible ability to impact the world. Those of you who are single, that's okay. You're still part of this. And then your houses, your business, your provision. I want you to understand something. I sometimes feel a little bit intimidated because my wife is a whole lot more spiritual than I am. She hears God easier than I hear God. She's much more kind of, you know, how women can get. They're just, they're all excited and, and, you know, we sing certain worship songs and they're just, you know, mush and we'll, we'll go into a city and she'll feel principality, she'll feel strongholds and I'm just like, Where's McDonald's? <laughs> it's like I have... And there's a place for that, but there's, what we need to understand, men, is that we are the warriors. Okay, We are the warriors. They might be more of the intimate, but we're the warriors. And that's part of what this is about. Part of what the Bible is about is that we are warriors. So how do we fight? 
Glad you asked. Oh, you did ask. I'm going to tell you anyway. How do we fight? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. From verse 3 says this. For though we walk in, in the flesh, in the natural, we don't war according to the flesh. How do we fight? It's not a natural fight. It's not with our Glock 19s. It's with something else. For the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There is a spiritual weaponry that has an impact in the realm of the spirit. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We need to understand that while our weapons are not natural, they're spiritual, we need training just as if they were natural. I saw a movie about Navy SEALs, and I was, well, I was impressed, but I was amazed at how much time they spend in training. Till they're actually expert at a number of things. I thought, that's the natural. Yet we're having an impact that is eternal. And sometimes we don't realize we need training. We need training in the, the weapons of our warfare. We're in a battle. See, one of the points of the enemy is the first thing is to, to make, convince us we're not in a battle. So what are our, how do we fight? What are our weapons? First thing is 2 Timothy 2.4 says a soldier doesn't get entangled in the affairs of the world. And what does that mean? It means that we don't get so focused on the natural that we miss the spiritual. As men, it's easy for us to think that if I simply provide for my family, I fulfilled my responsibility. And you've got focus on the natural and miss the spiritual altogether. You've abdicated the battle. Because you've got deceived by the world to say, now I'm not saying you don't provide for your family. Okay, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But I am saying that there's more than that. We don't get so entangled. It doesn't mean we don't live life. We do live life. You've got to work. You've got to mow your lawn. Some of you will, will leave here and, and go do something today. That's fine, but you have to realize the point of the enemy is that that becomes our whole focus and we miss the spiritual. We miss that we're in a battle for one another, for our sons and daughters, for our wives, for our homes, for our businesses. You still with me? Second way we fight is unity. It's one of those things in the Bible. Again, we're talking about spiritual weaponry. Unity is an amazing thing where God commands a blessing. Where two or three agree. There's something about being in unity that is a weapon of its, in and of itself. But primarily, three things that are how we actually do battle. By prophecies, 1 Timothy 1.18, he says, 
by the word spoken over you, engage in warfare. We actually, by what God has said, we can actually engage in warfare by prayer. And then lastly, by obedience. Till your obedience is complete. Very simple, huh? What are we fighting for? One another, our sons and daughters, our wives, our homes and businesses. How do we fight through prayer and the words God has spoken over us? Together, we have an impact. That's why I think this is one of the most important gatherings of the church. So what are we going to do? I'm going to ask you to do something here. We're going to actually demonstrate this. I'm going to actually ask you to stand up and then create a circle around the outside. Okay? It's going to be tough because there's a whole lot more here than I was expecting, which is wonderful. Here in front as well. Okay, I'm going to ask you for just a, a, a little bit of grace today, Torby. You, you need to make a, a single circle as much as possible. Squeeze in. Okay? I know that guys don't do this. But I'm going to ask you to link arms together. Okay? Get, 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 you have to get close to, to get in. Let everyone in here. Okay? What we're doing is demonstrating something of the position of warfare for the Spirit. And we're actually going to do that. I'm going to ask you to begin to pray. Look around. These are your brothers. These are your brethren. For those of you who have old King James Version like I have. The Bible says that we're to fight for these, for one another. I'm going to ask you, do you fight for each other? Do you pray for each other? Are you there for each other? Again, I want to tell you that the Navy SEALs accomplish missions that are important. We accomplish missions that are eternal. Don't ever think that what you do is less important. We see guys like that and we honor them and we should. But I want to tell you, that's nothing compared to the eternal. What you do is more important. You say, but I'm just a normal person. No, you're a warrior for the kingdom. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you would just pray for the guys here. Pray for the guys on the other side of you. Pray for the strength of the Spirit. Pray for protection. Out loud. Speak it out loud. Prayer is out loud. Okay? Don't disengage. Let me interrupt you just for a second. You know, they said in the, uh, in the Korean War, they, they had dug trenches, and the plan was that every soldier had a certain arc, about five or six degrees, that they were supposed to uh, fire when the enemy charged them. What they found out in the Korean War, that only about 10% of the soldiers ever discharged a firearm. They were leaving their arc open. Let me tell you, if you don't pray for one another, you leave an opening in the line. Okay? So, we're going to pray. I know I interrupted you. I want you to do it. But, but I want you to do it out loud. 
Gentlemen, pray out loud. Pray for the person on either side. All of you at the same time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, we pray your strength. We pray your protection over these guys. Father, we pray that you would pour out your spirit, your anointing, your power. Father, thank you for these brothers. We stand together. We have each other's back. Father, we are part of what you're doing. We are warriors for your kingdom. Thank you, Holy One. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. Now I'm going to ask you if you begin to pray for your sons and daughters. If you don't have sons and daughters, pray for someone else's sons and daughters. Pray for the next generation. Pray for, for those who are young people in this church. Pray, pray for their protection. You're doing warfare for them. Remind God of what he has said. Isaiah says that all your sons will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. Father, we declare that you are pursuing young people. They'll be taught of you. Father, we stand. We intercede on their behalf. Father, our sons, my son. Thank you, Lord. My daughters-in-law, my grandchildren. Lord, your protection. Father, draw them to yourself. Show them your goodness. Show them your faithfulness. Father, we declare that you are an awesome God. Lord, we do warfare on their behalf. We protect them in the spirit. Father, from every onslaught, from everyone that would, would target them, we declare your protection, God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now pray for your homes and your businesses, your work. Okay? If you're not working, pray for the guy next to you. Okay? With diligence. Thank you, Lord. We pray releasing of, of finances. Father, those who are working, releasing of uh, jobs. Father, those who are contract workers, those who uh, run their own business, Father, that you would release everything necessary. Father, we pray. We pray your protection. Father, we pray that they would stand and, and not be conformed to the pressure of the world to, to lie or to misrepresent you. Father, that they would stand as kingdom workers, that they would work hard and not slough off. Father, that we would represent you. Father, I pray for those who run their own business here, that you would provide. Father, you would give them insight, that you would lead them. Thank you, Holy One. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Now do something. Do something here. Wait, we're not finished. You, 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 no, you can break arms. I want you to turn around and face outward and then grab arms again. <laughs> uh, with guys like Logan, you have to tell them one step at a time because they can jump ahead. See, the word says that the weapons of our warfare are, defi definely, are divinely powerful for the pulling down of strongholds. That means they're not just defensive, they're offensive. We have the ability, as we gather together and pray together, to advance the kingdom. Okay, it's not just holding what we have, but it's actually taking ground. It's actually moving forward. That's why I want you to face outward. And I want you to pray for your family or your neighbors or people who don't know the Lord. People at your work. 
I want you to take an aggressive stand and intercede on their behalf. There is an incredible amount of uh, spiritual power in this room as we gather together. And so begin to pray right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for Ray. I pray for Veronica. Father, that you would draw them to yourself, that you would pursue them. Father, I claim them for you. Father, we take them back from the hands of the enemy. Father, we speak revelation that their eyes would be opened. Father, those we prayed for. Father, my son Eric who's not walking with you. Lord, I intercede on his behalf that today, right now, you would tear down every argument that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Father, we, we just intercede on their behalf that you would show yourself great. Father, you would draw them to yourself. Yes, God, we intercede on their behalf. Father eternal, Father, we'll pull them out of the, the fire, out of the flame. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now turn back around so you can see each other again. Otherwise, these guys are looking right at me here. And, uh, that's okay, except it's Tyler. <laughs> you know, we can actually say, hey, this was a, a good morning. Or we can recognize that there's something of the Spirit that is powerful when men come together. I think this is probably one of the key things for the future of this church as you move forward. Now what happens with this is that you've been praying for people. You might run into those people today, the people you're praying for. Okay, don't just slough it off. You've been praying for them. Maybe you've invited them to church 10 times. Invite them again. Hey, would you like to come to church with me? You don't have to tell them you've been praying for them. You don't have to tell them you've been interceding on their behalf. But what you've done is actually pulled down strongholds and arguments against the knowledge of God. Their eyes are becoming to be opened. Don't treat them like you treated them five years ago. Very simple thing. Maybe there's someone you've actually said, man, I wish this guy would come to church. I wish this neighbor or this relative or... Hey, you've been praying. We've been praying. There's something supernatural happening expect something different. So if you see them, don't just treat them as normal. I'm not saying you have to go knock on their door and say, you're coming to church with me. Because, but if you see them, say, hey, would you like to come to church with me? Why don't we have lunch afterwards? Let me take you out to lunch. Or let me meet you for breakfast before. Why? Because something's taking place in the spirit realm. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for the, the incredible privilege to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, a purpose that is eternal, seeing people saved, seeing families established, seeing uh, your kingdom advanced. Father, seeing businesses stand against the onslaught of the enemy. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of partnering with you for what you're doing. Father, I thank you for these men. Lord, I ask that you would just empower them in a new way. Lord, that with a revelation that we are warriors. We're the Navy SEALs of the kingdom. And our missions are eternal. So Father, thank you for that. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Great.